When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's podcast, comedian and ABC journalist Angela Fouapierre joins me to discuss her new show and whether killing spiders does take away a part of your imagination. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I think something just crawled across my shoulders here on Big Squid. Hello, and here we are in 2022, continuing the latest season of Big Squid. I've been quiet the last couple of weeks. That was not the initial plan. I've been dealing with some personal stuff, which you will hear me discuss in the chat with Ange in a second. Uh, Nothing bad. Everything's good. It's just been a very tricky start to the year, and... You know, a weird start to the year. I don't know if this is the same for you, but I'm finding uh, a lot of my friends and I are in a similar position, which is, (sighs) I just feel exhausted. (laughs) Like, normally it's the start of the year and you're like, great, start of the year, let's do this, let's roll. And this year it's like, oh, I guess I have to get back to it. Yuck. I don't know. There just hasn't been that little bump. Maybe that bump will come towards uh, the end of January. Look, a, a lot of mine can be put down to having a very short break, but I don't know. This year just doesn't seem to have the same pep at the start that it normally would. And uh, basically what I did was when I'm feeling this way, when I'm feeling a little bit exhausted, when I'm feeling a bit out of sorts. Uh, I had a few annoying things happen with some people, nothing major once again, but just a couple of things that put me on the back foot. And what I did was, I'm just going to shut myself off from everyone. I'm going to take some time to recalibrate. And then once I've reset, then I'll start the year properly. 
you know, sometimes I get people say to me, hey, you should reach out. You should give me a call. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to discuss things. And I'm 49. Sometimes I just work it out on my own, you know. I know... Uh, for the most part, uh, the best way to deal with these kinds of things and uh, the best way to deal with this sometimes is just to uh, have some breathing space from the rest of the world. So I've been reading and uh, just watching a few classic movies and just getting myself back into the swing of things. So anyway, look, I hope you've had some time off. And I hope you've managed to avoid catching COVID wherever you are. And if you have caught COVID, I hope that you're on the mend. Uh, This year, we're going to be expanding what we're doing on Big Squid with a number of new ideas and uh, some segments that are going to go from being experimental to being a regular thing. After the brilliant reaction to our first season of Space Podyssey, Ben Elwood and I have decided that we're going to be bringing that back very soon with a whole new list of movies and guests who are very much keen to be a part of it. Uh, And also a guest that we had in the first season is very much uh, already picked out the movie he'd like to discuss for this next season. So we will be bringing back Space Podyssey. That will be coming up very soon. Uh, Ben and I are also returning to our deep dive on director David Lynch with our next episode covering Blue Velvet. That will be coming out very soon as well. That one's all ready to go. So uh, I'll just uh, sort out uh, when is best to uh, drop that into the feed. I'm just giving you a heads up now so you can squeeze watching that in before we release that podcast. Uh, Garth Jones is returning with his Osploitation segment, Pass the Amel, and we've already planned the whole year for that. I know, the whole year. Uh, Garth just sent through a list of things that he wanted to do. He said, I hope that's not a bad thing. I was like, not at all. It's very exciting. So we will be doing that. And on our Patreon, I've been showing some works in progress for a storytelling segment called Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. Uh, That is something that I'm planning to introduce into the main feed over the next couple of weeks. I love doing this podcast, but I don't want to be reduced to just being a reviewer. That's kind of what ends up happening. You talk about everything else that everyone else is, uh, you know, creating, and then and then you forget to create. And uh, since I'm not doing a lot of stand-up at the moment, uh, you know, I have this itch that needs to be scratched. So I will be bringing that into the main feed, and then we have some thoughts on where we will take that over the rest of this year. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, each episode is dedicated to a Patreon subscriber and today's shout out goes to Mark. And that's it. Just Mark. I have no idea what his last name is and I choose to believe he doesn't have a last name. I choose to believe he's like Cher or Madonna or Prince, they are. <laughs> Mark is one of those. He is. He's the share slash Madonna slash Prince of the Big Squid community. Uh, a person so important and famous, you don't need a last name. It's just Mark. So total respect, Mark. I wouldn't share my last name with me either. Uh, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber, and I hope you enjoy not only this episode but what we have planned for the rest of the year. If you'd like to be able to 
access our specialised podcasts. We do some Q&As that are uh, just for people on the Patreon and they get to ask questions. They get to help shape those episodes or if you want to hear the works in progress and see what's going to be uh, worked on that will eventually be introduced into this feed or if you just want an episode dedicated to you or you want to read the scripts for our uh, previous episodes. I'm uh, actually at the moment just going back over the original scripts for the very first season of Big Squid which was all about Watchmen. So I'm going to be releasing them uh throughout January and February as well. So if these are things that interest you and you would uh, like to be a part of that, you can uh, head over and find us at patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you will find a tier that suits you. Let's bring in Ange Lafoypierre to discuss her new show. Uh, <laughs> We're also going to discuss our possibly incorrect belief about spiders. <laughs> that's all my fault as well. I may have told her something that's not actually true, but we're still subscribing to it anyway. And uh, what I'll do is I'll uh, let you know where I'm going to put up some links that you can find tickets for her brand new show at the end of the podcast. But I'll stop banging on and continue to bang on while talking to Ange. I was in Adelaide and I was thinking specifically of you at a very specific point in my uh, trip back home. I wasn't back home for long, but uh, I was staying at mum's house and it was pretty late and I went to the bathroom and, uh, you know, you do what you do in the bathroom. Let's not get into that. It's not an important part of the story. And when I looked down, there was a huntsman the Mm. size of like... Probably with its legs outstretched, probably like a, a child's baseball mitten. Right. Like, so it's pretty big. So like larger than an adult human's hand. La, yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, you know what, probably about, like with my fingers stretched out, that's probably the exact size of it. And I. That's a huge spider. It's a big spider. And it had been like right next to the porcelain where my leg had been. Mm. And uh, <laughs> Not your leg. <laughs> the, like my most important part yeah, of me. Like exactly. it's my favourite part. Everyone yeah, knows how I feel about my left calf muscle. Protect the leg. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, your first reaction is to uh, want to cry. Mm-hmm. And then after you've gotten over that incredibly emasculating moment, you're like, I've got to deal with this because I just, I can't come down here in the middle of the night and not know where this spider is. Like, what happens if I go to the toilet again and it crawls up my ass? Or yeah, I don't yeah. know how spiders yeah. work, you know. Don't yeah. we eat three spiders a year, supposedly, in our sleep? Oh, yeah, there's all sorts of all sorts. weird little... And they all they, they take a real stab, I think, a lot yeah. of those guys. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, three. I don't know how empirical that research is. But, no, I yeah. don't know either. But it's enough that once you read it, you can you never shake it. it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, I decided I've got to I've got to catch it and yeah. set it free. Yeah, yeah. Because of our conversations in the past. Yes. You know, the old. I think I ruined you by telling you, you did. that you're in my show. Actually, we'll come to that. But oh yeah, you, you're in my show. Yeah. In a good way. I've been in a show before. Uh yes. I think you come off as the morally. <laughs> that was way too much of that was a like stumble. Less than a second, but it probably felt like longer. Felt like longer to you. That was seven minutes. I just yeah. looked down. That was seven minutes of you having a think about that. No, well, I was trying to. Yeah. Well, you, well anyway, so yeah. I had to catch the. Yes, we'll you get to catch that. the spider. Yes. But I had to catch the spider, and I had to find a bowl that was big enough to 
throw you slide over slide the paper under or and slide the paper the under paper, yeah and then you've got to make sure the paper's firm enough like it can't be flimsy paper because no, the spiders you can't use tissue paper or something no, this thing's you know. massive <laughs> it's got like this thing's got tattoos it's got yeah, like, yeah, i can yeah. i can see a six pack on it like totally. it's massive yeah. uh anyway it took me ages to finally catch it and then to throw it outside to safety and was way too awake afterwards like I'd achieved something like it was really hard not to call you this would have been about <laughs> 11 it would have been about midnight for you I would you... have been happy to get that call you know <laughs> would even you? if right. I was asleep because I just think I don't know <laughs> I, I it's first of all it's such a powerful association to have because those those are very I, I want to hear the end of the story but oh um, no that's essentially it like I like I, I I saved this spider I threw it out and and felt like the dumbest sense of, uh, you know, like I've really accomplished something. Yeah, okay. So what would you say the percentage breakdown was of like sort of some sort of uh, moral superiority? Like how much of the feeling was smug and how much of it was like, I'm like, I am the master of nature. I'm the top of the food chain. Yeah, there, was definitely, there was definitely no smugness. Okay. It was, uh, I reckon it was 85% relief. Mm. 10% like I was a good person. Maybe mm. that's where the smug comes in. Oh, yeah, look at me. I'm a good person. And then 5% uh, feeling down on myself for... Because, by the way, this story took way longer than that. But essentially, it would just be me saying, and then I tried to put the bowl down, then it moved to the left and I missed it. And then I had to get my uh, nerves back up and then pick up the bowl and then try. And then, and then it was stuck in the corner and I couldn't get it. So I had to... And you know what? We don't need all of that because sure. that goes on for ages. Right. Well, I mean, but So I terrified the spider, so but I saved it. <laughs> but this is why I'm pleased to um because you you really fucked me up when you told me that Thank every you. time you kill a spider a part of your imagination dies that was a an irish proverb that i was told because i've tried ago. to look that up online since then and i ha- haven't been able to find it um you know when you look for like weird it, it's magic like you're not gonna like it's superstition it, you're not gonna find you know like a paper in the lancet <laughs> about how part right. of your imagination dies right. but you want like you know somewhere surely it's somewhere on the internet if it's a, if it's a thing like if right. it's a proverb or enough of a superstition you know it belongs to a culture it doesn't just belong to you justin right, right? and so i looked it up and it doesn't seem to like nowhere was it like the irish thing this Great. so um i'm not saying you're wrong i mean i'm uh, no, cut to me like if we could go like if this was a movie cut to me i'm 24 <laughs> i'm in a bar an irishman tells me this i go oh yeah no worries i walk off and the scene stays with him and he turns around and say what a gullible fucker yeah yeah right yeah this is you and, but in the same way that you don't ever forget the you know you swallow three spiders a year thing right once you said that to me i i could never unthink it right unhear it um, and no matter how many times I Googled it and I was like, the Irish don't think this, there was always going to be a little part of me that wondered if that was the case. Right. Even though I don't believe in magic, as discussed previously on this podcast. Yes. Now, <laughs> after that point, I started saving uh, saving all the spiders. Right. Um, which seemed to correlate. All of them. Well, yeah, I, I ran around from house to house, <laughs> door knocking. Busy summer. <laughs> Look, uh, it wasn't uh, the best in terms of public health measures, running from door to door saving right. spiders, but right. um, that's actually how I <laughs> yeah. got COVID. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I passed on COVID to thousands of people, but the spiders and my imagination, it. intact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally intact. In fact, I think it might be recovering, kind of like the ozone layer. Right. Um, maybe that's, is that an Irish rule as well? Like if you save enough 
then all the spiders, you, you know, it patches the hole in your imagination. Maybe that's how we're meant to fix the environment. Like, we keep doing it with science and people push <laughs> back against science. So if we say it mystically, you know, for every tree that you save, uh, your hard on will stay harder for an extra 30 seconds. Oh, really? Fuck, I better get to it. Yeah, I've often thought the big mistake was that we kept on insisting that there was evidence for a lot of the claims made, you know, right. vis um, how to deal with COVID or how to deal with climate change. Yeah. If we just sort of gave it a sort of spooky mist about it yeah. and had it be tweeted by an anonymous account <laughs> in the like QAnon universe, maybe yeah. we might get a little bit more traction with those. Anyway, it's we digress. Re- no, no, no. <laughs> but that's a really good point because this whole world and society is essentially run by people who believe in different imaginary father figures. Yeah, right. So why didn't we just sort of say, oh, God won't be happy with you if you cut down a tree? Well... There, interestingly, there is um, a movement within. Uh, we've gone. We've done a thing where we, we've, we're on about four tangents right now. Yeah. But there Cla- is classic podcast for classic us. Classic podcast. There, there is a um, there is a subset within evangelical Christendom which mm-hmm. I've been uh, fascinated with, which is called creation care, and right. it's the principle. It's kind of where the Greens meet. Um, conservative Christian ethics right. um, and that that ideal ideology. So it's sort of like the the Christian ideological approach to climate change, which is like God gave us this gift, and so we absolutely like it is a massively offensive thing to do. To uh, anyway, what I'm saying is, uh, oh, to, some people to, have thought of that. To, yeah, right. To, to hurt the to hurt the earth. It's like yeah. the Gaia, God but, but you know, this. imaginary um, daddy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm. Like, I'm, I'm into that kind of Christianity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God gave us this. We should protect it. I think we just uh, converted Hamo. That's... No, uh, no, no. <laughs> well, you know. But I'm into a Jesus who possibly, you know, wears a hat so he doesn't get skin cancer and stuff like that. So, you know, that's a good thing. But, yeah, so, uh, I, so I've looked up that spider thing as well and have not been able to find any proof of it since we right. chatted so about it. So it's not just that I'm bad at research, which no. is um, encouraging. But, look... Uh, maybe, I, maybe it's just a little Irish town saying like do you know what i mean like maybe it's, maybe it's just uh, that one pub you were in believes that it's well, like a- like maybe well you know like in australia it was only south australia and queensland that called it peanut paste yeah, I've never heard peanut paste before. Because you're not from South Australia or Queensland. There you but go. But that's what it used to be called, peanut paste. Yeah, and, it, and, the, and, the, and the UK is famously, and, you know, Ireland as well, famously yeah. localised yeah. in how they, you know, like you go 20Ks down the road and the accent changes. Yeah. Maybe they've got like a 15 kilometre radius of, spider superstition yeah. culture. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but it's worked. It's worked and it's made it all the way into my my show into my show and into my life what i was wondering though because that's a really big spider that you were describing yeah is there a threshold because after i started saving spiders Mm. they 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 did arrive at a point where you know the spider would be big enough and i would be tired enough and it would be like adept enough at hiding yeah and i was close enough to bed yeah that i was just like you know what i'm so sorry imagination on like harm to my imagination or no you have to die yeah yeah like i'm I'm look i'm willing to give up the a joke in the 27th minute of my show (laughs) (laughs) because i'm going to ruin that bit of my imagination and not be able to find that joining point yeah i uh like if i can't get to it i can't i can't go to sleep with it in my room 
I just can't. So you do kill them sometimes. Well, like <gasps> I, I haven't, I haven't since we've talked about everything. Right. But I, did it re did it re kick start that superstition in you? Like, did it bring it closer? I had like I don't think I'd. Uh, I honestly don't think I'd killed a spider in a very, very, very long time. But I reckon there were probably back when I was living in Melbourne, which is now like seven years ago, six years ago. Was um, there would definitely have been times when. Especially, specifically in your room, if you can't get to it, and I just don't, I can't go to sleep with it because, yeah. you know, I know it's going to come and lay eggs in my bum or whatever they do. <laughs> I don't know. It's always about your butt. It's I really- don't know. Or my mouth or my ear. They're going to crawl up my nose. Did I ever tell you the scariest thing I ever saw? No. Uh, my friend, uh, I went to a party in Adelaide and uh, my friend Mal, big guy, used to work at um, Bolt's Cafe in, in Adelaide and uh, very funny guy. And he was, uh, we were at this party and lots of people on all sorts of things, drunk, drugs, all sorts of things. And uh, he wasn't talking, like he was just sitting there. No one was talking to him and he just had a funny look on his face. Mm. And then he uh, turned around. And someone said something to him and he opened his mouth and a huntsman crawled out of his mouth. And what he'd done is he'd picked it up with his hand, put it in his mouth and with his tongue pressed its abdomen up against the roof of his mouth and had waited for enough people to be looking at him to let it come out. And... um, No one can see my face except you right now, but it's like I've been a gog. Yeah. Like, I don't know... It, my mouth has been open for a while. Yeah. Like some spiders might, like, could feasibly have crawled could in. Could crawl in. Yeah. And I just kind of looked. You know, when you feel like, sorry, did I just glitch out? Yeah. And see. Yeah. Matrix s- moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, what just, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and uh, the girls next to him screamed, and uh, someone's boyfriend got really angry with him because she, she was so freaked out. And uh, anyway, and he, you know, whatever the reaction was, he loved it. What a what an amazing and peculiar man. Like mm. I think you could probably you know take a, a, a like a sample of maybe a million human beings and the number within that cohort who would a think of that yeah. and b <laughs> have the nerve to carry it off. Yeah. Th- it's, it's vanishingly small, vanishingly small. There's yeah. one, there's yeah. one of him in the world. Like yeah. not many, like there aren't really many times in your life that you do something <laughs> and you go, I don't know that anyone's ever done that before. Yeah. In fact, I don't want, well, no, actually no, there would be, but, you know, I'd have to take a moment to think about what, it, what, what those things are, but it, it, I don't, it, when, when do you do that? When's the last time you did something? You're like, I reckon no one's ever done that in the history of, of people. Yeah. I re- well, that, that's a really good question. I, I definitely thought it was a one-off, and and I begged him never trick. to do it again. Oh no! <laughs> well, I guess you know how many times are you at a party where everyone's off their faces that you see a huntsman and have the opportunity to go, "Hey, here's my party trick." But I was really hoping you were going to tell me just then that that was like that turned that became his thing, like that he did that. No, no, no. Just well, I don't know if it became a thing, but it, it definitely felt like a. You had to be there to witness it. Poor. Because you'd have to like, you'd have to have like a weird, is it the amygdala that is like pump, pumping out the adrenaline, the adrenal gland? Anyway, like the, the parts of your brain that like yeah. pump out the emergency chemicals. Yeah. He must be in complete control of that. In complete control or it doesn't exist, which is kind of like that, that can happen to, yeah. or not doesn't exist, but like it's kind of. 
faulty, which can give you like that's how you end up with like I don't know, not to besmirch the good name of base jumpers, but but you know like people who engage in really extreme activity. Right. Like sometimes it can be that th- there's this part of their brain that works a little bit differently to everyone else's. Right. We, we wouldn't call it a deficiency so much as we might call it neuro neurodiversity, for example. Sure. But um, maybe that's. What would, he had a cool name as well. What Mal. was it? Mal. Yeah. So, yeah, Mal. Yeah, I reckon he just wasn't scared <laughs> of spiders. And so we could do something like that. Meanwhile, cut to two decades later, and there I am with a bowl spending nearly 50 minutes trying to capture a spider so I can set it free in my mum's backyard. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly <laughs> that you, like you get to the... Um, uh, so I like my fight fight flight thing is kind of broken too. I go straight to derealization. Like if something like a you know a, a, a spider the size of you know a, a baseball mitt or whatever, yeah. or you know even if it's like something interpersonal, some interpersonal drama, like something bad happening in your life, like demonstrably bad, that and your brain would like start pumping out those chemicals. Mine very quickly just goes like, oh, this is an interesting movie, right. And right. I don't know when that happened. It's happened to me some point in the last, like, three or four years where yeah. it, like, flipped out into that. It's very helpful for performing comedy, can I say. Right. Because so. you don't ever, like... It can, be, it can be helpful and it can be an impediment as well because, you know, people talk about, like, being, like, right in it and, like, feeling yeah. the kind of energy of performing and, like, that's... You can harness that. Yeah. Whereas I'm just kind of like... What a what an interesting movie! Oh, that woman seems to be bombing, or wow, she's yeah, doing well. Right, you know, like right. whatever. We, either way, does that mean when? So, depending on your gig, good or bad, or you know, or indifferent, or all the different grades, are you able to uh, look at it correctly and take the right things from it, or are you a little bit removed? That I'm quite removed, right? I think I've, and so I don't, I don't really freak out at spiders, even though I'm not like not great with them but like there's no to watch me with them yeah. i would seem maybe a little more like mal yes. than like you yeah uh and that i'm just like huh like if i see one on me i'll just like sort of just brush it just off just brush it off or pick it up and put it on the ground or yeah. whatever well adelaide was chock full of them everywhere yeah Ca- where i was catching up with friends there was one sitting on my chair it was spider central do and- you think they were trying to tell you something yeah I, that i need to see your show that's what they're doing <laughs> i think they're out advertising your show yeah it's been an expensive marketing campaign in adelaide um because it actually takes quite a bit of money to bribe a spider like they've got <laughs> right because yeah. they don't actually have a lot of use for money. <laughs> yeah like, they don't have abns yeah um and so you really have to like throw a lot of money at them for to be like yeah, yeah. okay we'll do what you want now a lot of cash in hand and yeah. then they just take it and make a web out of it and it's bullshit <laughs> uh how is the show looking because uh, i show- saw that you had sorry i saw that you had uh some trial shows Shows last towards the end of last year. Was yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. So I did. Uh, I did a couple of like very early versions of a show called Spiders Follow Me, which has uh, now become. So it was kind of like the jumping off point for the new show, which is called. I've got 99 problems and here's an exhaustive list of them, uh, <laughs> which I already regret really because um, the first problem is that every time you. Uh, you want to register that show somewhere yeah. or market that show anywhere, yeah. you have to type out the name of that show. Oh, yeah. 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 So No, no, we've all made that we've mistake. We've all made mistakes, and that's, that's why yeah. you suddenly, if you go through my uh, <laughs> list of shows, there's just years where the show's called Smash. 
snacks because that's enough. <laughs> all lowercase. Yeah, all, all works better as a hashtag. Yeah. Works uh, <laughs> just yeah. easier. Ah, oh, yeah, I've got regrets. But look, it's not. It's a good title, I think. Yeah, um, it's funny. Uh, thank you. Uh, so yeah, that's the show. I've I've got my first show coming up um, uh, in Newcastle on the fourth of. Uh, February in the new okay. com- in the new comedy club up there, um, so yeah, it's going it's going well. I had I had you know mentally committed to look. I'm gonna I'm just gonna do like a lot of stand up. I'm gonna you know had had old. I'm gonna go back to basics type oh, thing because yeah. I do tend to um, just find. Uh, deranged gimmicks really funny. Right. Um, and so I'll often end up, you know, like Zealot had a lot of bones in it. Yeah. I would just, you know, people had to, I had to give, I got gave a lot of bones to people, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. And some people did as well. Right. But uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah. some people freaked some out. Some people were like, oh, I'm holding bones. I yeah. didn't know that, you know, is this theatre? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and but we, we need to also point out that your uh, uh, job at the ABC finished oh when, yeah when uh, what month was that that finished oh god it feels like a million years ago but it was yeah. less than a month it was almost yeah. exactly a month right yeah exactly a month now that i wrapped up four years yes. at the signal right so now i've got all this time to tour that i never had before which is which is great and i'm sort of working on new uh podcasts for the abc but you know i've got a pretty relaxed work schedule for yeah, this little, in comparison to like a daily news podcast anyway yeah. which is the opposite of relaxed um and so yeah i'm uh, but yes i said i said to myself i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna do a, i'm just gonna do a stand-up show and then i was procrastinating writing the stand-up and um before i knew it i'd ordered uh, a spot uh, a, a custom-made spider outfit um, right so <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you have spare time. Yeah. I need a costume. <laughs> I need a costume. This show needs to start with a bang, so I'm going to be yeah, great. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a, a sense of the flavor. So uh, b- before we get back into the show, how uh, how are you feeling about the job coming to an end? Because it's only a month. Yeah. And. I'm guessing there's still a part of you that there'd be still uh, uh, an emotional part of you that would almost feel like you're still on holidays rather than not going back to it. Well, this is my first holiday in uh, four years because normally I just take my holidays for Edinburgh and right. I go to Edinburgh and I have like a week in Paris or London afterwards, which, yeah. you know, when you're kind of just recovering, it's not really holiday so much as it is recovery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this is my first holiday in a long time. The last time I had a holiday, I was kind of like between jobs and confused about what was next, which is right. sort of, you know, not dissimilar to what's happening right now. And so I don't, I don't like holidays and I don't know what to do with them. Right. Yeah. I'm not very good at holidaying either. And uh, uh, I was so frustrated because I actually, uh, because I hadn't seen a lot of family or friends, I Mm. I missed so many birthdays, like big milestone birthdays Mm. in the last couple of years in Adelaide. So I went back to Adelaide at the end of last year and spent a bit of time with mum and then... uh, had to cut my holiday short because I was a close COVID case to a good friend who, uh, you know, double vaxxed, got COVID. Yeah. And I'd been very careful about where I caught up with people. And especially because I was staying at mum's house because she has a compromised autoimmune system. Mm-hmm. So even though she's double vaxxed, you know, you still don't want to pass anything on. And then woke up, found out that he had it, booked my flight, 
back to Sydney immediately because I thought I just need to get away from mum. Yeah. Came home, was in isolation, got a test. By the time that came through and found out I didn't have it, which is great. Mm. But then it was like, God, it felt like I was just... <laughs> starting to have the holiday like yeah. it's like I got home and it was like you know there's those first kind of few days where you're unwinding and relaxing and then suddenly it was like oh what? it's over <laughs> I had a really similar experience right so I uh finished work and then was like really careful because I was going home to see my mum who's also uh, got a compromised immune system weirdly enough and right. so I was like okay I can't because yeah. you know I've always just had this you know awful feeling like if mum gets it it's not going to be good yes you know so I've just got to you know protect mum at all costs yes uh, and I was so careful and I wasn't really going places or doing things because I don't want to, you know, even though I'm double vaxxed and everything and I was even uh, boosted by this point. Yeah. And uh, and then I had uh, one outdoor catch-up with some friends in Redfern, which is like an annual thing. And we like, you know, dialed it right down this year just to be safe and, and went along. And it turns out, you know, that the person who was running it had COVID. And oh. we only found out the next day. So I right. – and most of my friends, actually, we all had to cancel Christmas because it was, you know, four days out from Christmas. And so right. you couldn't – and it's three to five days before the symptoms show up or whatever. And, and so yep. you you just couldn't be sure that you didn't have it. Yes. Um, and so cancelled Christmas. Didn't have it. And I had this thought where I was like, I've never been – at that point I was disappointed not to <laughs> – because right. I'm like, I've just gone like seven days alone and cancelled Christmas and everything. Don't have it. That's that's so funny. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I yeah. don't want COVID. I do not want COVID at all. But there was a similar sense of disappointment. Yeah. That I'd what is that? Gone to all of this trouble. Yeah. And then was totally at a loss as to know how to kind of move forward from that point because mm. it was like, oh, well, I guess now I have all this free time but I'm now <laughs> back in my apartment and I'm trying not to work yet. And yeah. oh, I did my 2007 tax. And that's what I did with that uh, little so, window. So, so, uh, sorry, 2007? Yeah, uh, I got like a, a pointed email from my accountant a few weeks back because, um, well, about a month back because, uh, well, I was like 17. I didn't know that I needed to do tax, but I did because I'd registered an ABN to teach cello at my high school when I was 17, right. which means that you have to pay tax on like the, you know, $400 or whatever it was that I made. Uh, that I thought, what, what, sorry. Uh, but you don't. You don't have to, but I still had to like re- register a thing. So I, but that just meant like having to work out what my tax was from, what is that? 15? 15 years ago. Yeah. But hang on, like, don't you, you don't have to worry about your tax after, like, don't you have to keep your records for only. That's if you do it. Oh, if you, if oh, you I don't see. do it, then, then you, you have to do then it. Then you have to do it. Was, it, was everything okay? Yeah, I'd earned like a pittance, but I still had to like get on the phone to the like nice lady at the ATO and she was like, oh, uh, software doesn't go back this far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually this ordeal doing my 2007 tax and, and probably the most, yeah, yeah, really d- depressing. I was like, well, I'm already in a foul mood and I guess this, Might can't, well do this my tax. can't get any worse. Yeah. So I'm going to do my 2007 tax. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, go to the 27th, 28th of December or whatever. Yeah. Went, ah, well, I don't have fucking COVID. I guess I'll go and do my New Year's thing. Anyway, get up to New Year's. Um, we're two days into our holiday and it's this, you know, group of mates and we rented this house up in the you know Northern Rivers or whatever and, and, uh, and someone's got COVID. And so... 
uh, we all go, okay, cut the holiday short and drive back. And this time I had it. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I think it, I felt extra cheated in hindsight because I was like, well, I've just done this. So I've spent like... I've just to like emerged like in the last couple of days right. from in, in the four weeks since I stopped work, three of those weeks <laughs> have been spent inside an apartment oh in Stanmore. God. Yeah, oh, so I don't, what a bummer. Yeah, so I'm I've kind of I did crack up a bit. Like I've I I cracked up a bit. I also had this bizarre uh, uh, effect when I actually got COVID, which is that I got I felt almost starstruck. I couldn't quite believe that it was happening to me, like right. this famous virus right. that I've heard about for years. I'm like, pick me, me. Oh, and it was just as everyone was getting it, so it wasn't quite passe yet. Like I feel like right. it's a little bit passe now. Right, yeah. Um, like I feel like a little bit hack talking about co- you know how I had COVID. Uh, but, so you know. funny. Yeah. Well, you know what it's going to be now is now it's going to be the ultimate status symbol. Where oh, so you had COVID? Which ones you have? Delta, whatever. Yeah. Omicron. Omicron, <laughs> Omicron, oh, the latest model. No, I think like oh. poor Georgia Mooney who got it at the start and was a trailblazer, and she got, and she got a long COVID as well. Yeah, yeah, poor like, sausage. Yeah, yeah. That, but you know, suddenly, uh, it, like everyone's talking about it. I know. Like, no, she I was know. a trailblazer. Yeah, she was a trailblazer, and we should remember that and yeah. <laughs> recognize yeah. her for it. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I got the I got like the bad one, not that like I got Omicron, but I got uh, like randomly for no reason, just like got it. I had mates who were like in and out in three days. Right. I'm, like was just trash for like really? a solid 10 days yeah, yeah. no good like, uh, uh, for no reason no reason yeah. well, it trashed in what, what because you know heaps um, of people were happening oh I had like a weird collection of symptoms uh, I, <laughs> I was I kept on ordering graphic design that I didn't need um, <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the symptoms you start <laughs> the really weird symptoms yeah. I had it so bad yeah. no I, I bet I did do that but I think it was part of the fever phase for like right. the first three days I was just kind of like not myself and, and dealt with it how I deal with most things which is like go well I'll just make myself more busy I'll yeah. just like make my to-do list longer and so I did that yeah uh, but I I was like not thinking straight and so I was like I would like send all these emails. I had to go back through my sent inbox and like mop up after fever me. It was like when you've like done a lot of drunk texting, except I did fever emailing. Right. And I had to go back and be like, what <laughs> did I send to my producer? Because I've got like a few different producers at the moment, not to brag, but like, yeah. you know, it's not a brag at all. No. Um, but I'm, just, I'm an idiot. Oh, so you've got a few people who uh, want to take advantage of you. Fantastic. Yes. Oh, it's a very good time to be me because uh, I'm doing these tours in Adelaide and Melbourne yeah. and, and Newcastle and I've got yeah. a different producer in each city uh, and so I, there's a lot of people to email and yep. so I had to really go back and be like what and some of it was fine but some of it was uh, it didn't make a lot of sense yeah yeah and were, were they like I've just had this thought and then you're looking when did I send that 2.37am <laughs> on a Thursday <laughs> yeah 2.30 th- 2.30 it didn't even matter what time it was like times yeah but I was up uh, up at weird hours yeah but I had I don't know I had like dizziness uh, and and headaches and yeah. uh, like weird nausea and just yeah I just had like a bad time with it. And had you had the booster as well? I'd had the booster. Oh, I was peak. I was supposed to be peak protection, which makes right. me wonder what it would have been like if I hadn't 
been boosted. Yeah, well, I got um, the. I was lucky because when I got to Adelaide, I could get the booster at the local chemist. Yes, and so you did the. You know how they suggest getting a, a different booster to the one that you had. So I did the. So I had double Pfizer. So I got Moderna. Yeah, I screwed up. I got triple Pfizer. You got triple Pfizer. Yeah, well, I got the Moderna. Yeah, and then. Uh, I've always thought of Moderna as the cool vaccine. Is it? I don't know why. You know what it is? It's the 90s indie uh, vaccine. You know, it's got a good haircut. Yeah. It's, it's, it's popular, but not not with everyone. Very like, hard to come perfect. by for a little while. You know, it's kind of yeah. rare, collector's edition. Yeah, quite thin. Of, yeah, quite thin. Where's good jeans? <laughs> uh, the, uh, where's... Where's a, where's a little bit of nail polish? Just yes, a little bit. Just, just on a, a couple of fingers, yeah. just because it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I got that, and then when I caught up with my friend, it was eight days later. So I reckon, I reckon that booster was the difference between me getting it. Because I was in the car with my friend for ages. Like, yeah. like he picked me up from mum's. It was a 20, 25-minute drive to his place. Then it was a 15-minute drive to his sister's. We sat next to each other at dinner. We sat next to each other on the lounge. On the way home, it was another 20-minute drive. We sat in the car for half an hour talking about stuff that's going on in his life. And then I went in, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get it. And like, I couldn't, like, I was in shock. Like, there was also... So you've been doing topics with a lot of sighing in them. Oh, you know, like, yeah. You know, like, there, there was like, a lot of sighing. You know, not, not, not just on huffing my behalf. each other's sighs, just yeah. huffing them and not getting COVID. It was, it was a lot of sighs on his behalf. Oh, and his me behalf. just sort of sitting there going, oh, no. Just oh, no. So, but I was yeah. taking it in. Yeah. So I am... I'm sorry. I feel very uh, fortunate in that regard. So you still haven't had it? I still haven't had it. How do you feel? Uh, great. Like, I'm really happy not to get it. But do you feel vulnerable? No. Right. You don't feel, you don't have that kind of like, uh, when you go out, is it like, you know, you've got like a little conveyor belt of thoughts happening and there's, you know, there's a couple that always sort of stay at the front. Yes. That's not how conveyor belts work. I've never been in a factory, but you know. Um, <laughs> Neither um, have I, but I agree with you. <laughs> you know, but, but how far, like which, how many thoughts back is like the, the I might get COVID, I might get COVID, I might get COVID thought. So it's a constant hum. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's like always being careful. But, you know, like I don't mix with many people. I, st- I haven't performed in seven months. I haven't done a gig in seven months. Mm. And kind of don't have an urge to mm. either. And I don't know if uh, part of that is uh, – there's a few things going on there, but it's also just a – Look, to be honest, I just don't trust other comedians sitting in a green room, uh, especially I reckon there would be heaps of them where you say, hey, have, have you been careful? And they'd say, yeah, as they're... <laughs> in your face, in like your face. breathe in your face. Yeah, yeah. Going, yeah. So there, there's that as well. But I also feel very comfortable going to the movies, which is a thing that a lot of people don't like. Uh, like a lot of my friends won't go to the movies. And I went to see Lucas Pizza last night and there were a lot of masks off. Yeah. People are very... You know, oh, in the in the cinema, well, little masks off in the cinema. Well, it's a hard and th- in the film, but you know, yeah, that was that would have been hard. To, yeah, well, it would have been weird in 1973 <laughs> for them to right, be exactly. wearing masks. But it is uh, one of those things where it is um, like you're allowed to sit in the cinema and you, you can take the mask off when you have a drink or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I just kind of feel comfortable because it's not like everyone's going to the cinema, like mm. like. Tom Gleeson and I went and saw Licorice Pizza. He hadn't seen it yet. There were four of us in the yeah. cinema, and Tom and I were the only two together, and there was one person up the front and one person up the back. Yeah. I went and saw The Tragedy of Macbeth in the cinema. It was me. 
like I just keep going to the movies during the day. I thought you meant like you, like you related it. to the film, like it was me. It was me. Yeah. I was Macbeth. And, uh, but yeah, no, it was, I was the only person in the cinema. So I, I think... I think we've got... I might have even said this to you before, but I think our instruments for assessing risk are completely broken now. Right. Like, I don't think we're, we are really capable of... Because that, like... I mean, sure, if that's a very thinned out cinema, but the cinema that I was in yesterday was like full of people. Right. And I don't know how good we are at assessing like that that is no that that was as risky as doing a, a gig yes i would say well no because nobody's talking and everyone's just looking forwards so it's different so that's how, oh, yeah. that's my breath that's my reason in the same direction <laughs> well no 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 but it is like you're not looking yeah. at each other breathing at each other talking and I and spitting it. in each but at a gig i'm in a green room with a people green a bit with comedians yeah. who are chock full of everything yeah regret disease <laughs> Come up and yeah, yeah, full of uh, vitriol and uh, lots of things to prove. Why, why yeah. am I so angry? Oh no, I've just caught anger from insert name of middle-aged male white comedian. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, if that was catching, then uh, we would have had a lot. Yeah, there'd been a pandemic a long time. Oh ago. no, there's a pandemic of fury running through the Australian comedy scene. Go to see comedy and leave inexplicably furious. Oh, I can't work it out. Oh no, I've caught fury. I've caught uh, fury. But yeah, it's so so part of the reason I feel better about it is because if I get it, and I'm sure it's it's more than likely going to happen, but I'm here by myself and I feel more comfortable isolating and knowing that I can protect anyone around me from passing it on. That's kind of more my yes. issue. Yeah, I felt incredibly anxious when I thought that I may have given it to mum and I felt incredibly anxious because I'd caught up with two close friends old friends that I had not seen in a long time and had been at their house and I was thought man have I just taken down Damien's family have I just taken down Greg's family have I just hurt mum and then when I found out I didn't have it and couldn't have passed it on it was just a relief so if I get it here Fine, whatever. I'll just isolate and I'll yeah. make sure that I don't pass it on. Yeah. So I think that's so I think my my fear is tapped more into what damage I could do to other people other than what might happen to me. I am as scared of another two weeks of isolation as I am of like eventually getting COVID again when whatever <laughs> immunity right. wears off as like because right. I uh, I spent enough time I mean, on one level, there's something quite nice about having the world shrink to the exact size of your... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Oh, I, like I'm. I was about only... to say to you, I'm. I'm more worried that I'm not going to have an excuse to well, isolate. It's twofold, <laughs> isn't it? Like I don't know which is worse because, like, when the world, world shrinks the exact size of your apartment, like there's only so wrong that things can go in here. Yeah. Which is not to say that they can't go wrong. They can go wrong. Mm. You can get yourself into quite a mood, but. It's 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 more that <laughs> there's like a known basement there, you know. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, yeah. you can hit like there. You know that there's a concrete basement, yes. but out there, yes, who can say? Yeah. Um, but you know, I've I discovered. I think I uh, at some point in the last two weeks that I was isolating, something happened to me that had never happened to me before. Is that I started to get annoyed by my own tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah. So there are tattoos that I've got that I really like. Right. And I started just being like, because I'd spent too much time in like the bedroom that I have is like one wall. It's like one wall of it is a mirror. Um, And so you're like, and, and that's the only place that I can work so my partner does his work in like the study and then there's like I've kind of got the bedroom to work in so I have to do all my work in front of a mirror I've been spending the two weeks mainly in front of a mirror which I hadn't realized until I just started that sentence a couple of uh, sentences ago Um, but yeah it's like it was quite an intense thing and I got to like see a lot of my tattoos a lot I'm like is that what I look like is that what they look like and things that I actually like quite like conceptually and like look you know like looking at occasionally when I glimpse them on my body I'm like I wonder how much it costs to get that removed oh really wow which I can never tell to my mother and I just you know Yes. Why can't you tell your mother that? Well, because I just think that they would they wouldn't like the ta- they didn't like the tattoos to begin with, and so I can't oh, admit this yeah. kind of it's like a it would be admitting a, a failure that I'm just not prepared to. Yeah. Also, you know, now that I've like I've had two days out the house and I'm I quite like my tattoos again. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, so ostensibly, what you're saying is. Don't make any hard decisions while you're two-thirds of the way into isolation because shit gets unreal. Don't send emails. <laughs> Do not... This is, <laughs> this is, you know, people... I actually had a couple of people get in touch and, and be like, I need some COVID tips. And I was like, well, I love giving advice. And so here we go. And you're good with the list. And, and I'm great with the list. So I just yeah. like, I would. I had a really great time giving people advice for like, well, you know, you can't get good bread delivered on the internet. You can't get meat delivered on the internet. Um, and so if you want either of those things, if meat's something that you eat, there's like a shortage on it at the moment. So what you've got to do is you've got to send a friend to the butcher, then you've got to send them to the baker. You also can't get pharmaceuticals delivered online. Not anymore. You used to be able to, but you can't anymore. So you've got to get someone to go to the chemist and you've got to right. get Panadol and you've got to get this and you've got to get yeah. that and don't have the, and you know, you can't have NSAIDs with, you know, the ibuprofen, you know. And sort of told, I just really enjoyed that. But it should have been a slightly longer list. It should have been like, don't spend too much time with mirrors. Oh, yes. Don't do that. Uh, don't don't send too many emails. Yeah. I would say lists became even more important. Yeah. Make a list. But then I I, uh, I overcorrected. I made a list that was too long. So I'm like, well, I'm feeling a little, you know, I don't know what the point of me is right now. And so I would like make this <laughs> list that was about 40 items long. Right. And then, you know, I would get to the end of the following day and I'd done four items on the list, which is fine. They were big items. Fine. like You know, like tax or whatever. Yeah. You know, like something big that took like yeah. a quarter of the day. But I'd be like, ah, there's 36 items left on this list. And we just go to bed feeling like this absolute like this utter failure like look at all these things i didn't do so you yeah. got to make the list but you got to make it the exact right size yeah uh yeah that you feel like you're achieving something i've, I've done that yes. before i've made that mistake the, yeah the, make the, the list, list too long too long because i love 
I love writing down uh, by hand. And oh, I love it feels scribbling. good, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. feels so good. Crossing it out yeah. is one of the best things in life, oh, I man. reckon. Just going oh, through yeah. going, did that, did that, <laughs> did that. Look at you, Hammer. You're the best. Did that. Some of those things are do the dishes, you know, yeah, really yeah, simple yeah, yeah. things. But I did it, yes. you know, do the washing, you know. But did you find uh, – I, I found the start of this year to be exhausting and because of uh, ostensibly – not seeing a lot of people at the start of the year, I actually had to, uh, I actually had to ring my manager and ask her, "Hey, I don't want you to break anyone's uh, confidences, but what are the rest of your clients like? Because I'm feeling exhausted, yeah, and then more importantly, I am lacking serious motivation, and yeah. it, and it took." And she said that was across the board. Mm. Uh, and the few people that I've spoken to have felt the same way. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm that not saying like I'm being facetious, but like I really didn't know that. So she said that that was something that a lot of performers, people in the arts, were experiencing. Yeah, a lot of yeah. comedians that she yeah. looks after. Everyone was a bit. It, it was a bit like. I think intellectually we knew that this was going to be continuing. That's not a surprise. But there is the emotional sense of renewal that comes with New Year's Eve, and so to have that, like even when, even when you know that, ostensibly calendars are random numbers that we've decided mean something right but yeah, you do right. get to january 1st and yeah. think start of a new year let's get yeah, to it also you know you got to chop up the time somehow and yeah. you know it's roughly this, the yeah. amount of time it takes to get around the sun and yeah. like i don't you know i'm, yeah, I'm so, a big believer in the calendar year yeah so yeah so am i <laughs> like, uh, i'm not against <laughs> we it we settled that but but i just but you know there is that sense normally of all right let's get to it and this year it was like oh well I guess I'll watch. just yeah. do it all again. Mm. And it's uh, it's a funny thing because I've I've felt like I've fallen out of love with a lot of things that mm. I was that I've loved for all my life, and it was uh, an interesting experience. And the only way I started to get myself out of it was to shut down completely mm. and do a lot of reading mm. and just read and and read some things that I normally wouldn't read mm. to just have different voices, different thoughts, different ideas going in. I went into books this summer as well because I wanted to get out of my head and I thought that was maybe yeah. the most immersive way to do it. It's a lot more, uh, rather a lot less passive than, yep. you know, I think engaging with a screen. Um, you know, you, you really have to kind of switch on in a way to read. Like you have a reading brain. People talk about having like a reading brain. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people talk about deep reading. I don't know if this is the thing that you're familiar with. It's basically just a fancy way of saying like rather than reading the way that you normally would, which is like with your phone near you and like, you know, it's something going on in the background and maybe people nearby, you like section yourself off. Oh, and you, right. And you like put your phone in another room and you like make sure that the lighting's just right. You, you make it so that there are no interruptions and people report that the reading experience Experience is really different. Yes, and that you you go faster and and uh, not even that's not the kind of defining aspect. It's more that the impact in your yes. memory and 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 how you engage with the work is really different. Anyway, I, I always just called that reading. You call that reading. That's but, how you do it. But I, deep reading makes sense as a as a modern term, which is something right. that I do because if I have any distractions, I'm that classic. What the fuck just happened in the last three pages? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you end up rereading. Yeah. Um, but yes, no, I... I uh, so you were doing a lot of reading. I did that as well. Um, yeah, the, the feeling of like 
searching around for um, some sense of because I, I like I really don't know what the rest of the year holds. Yeah, and that should be a liberating feeling, especially now yes. that the borders are open. I think that's something that I've tried to promise myself as well. Kind of go, okay, um, make a plan to be overseas and so that's kind of you know back end of the year but even that's kind of I don't know I started learning Italian I yeah. like the, the the best I felt in the last week was this morning where I kind of went like I'm gonna I'm gonna like start learning Italian I did like some Italian lessons and then like dusted off a old playlist I have of it had of Italo disco I was like yeah, I mean, it felt like make-believe. Like, yeah. I was like, this isn't really... Yeah. Like, I haven't gone anywhere, I haven't done anything, but it was this, like, minor exercise in imagination, yeah. which was kind of enough to just go like, oh, yeah, the world is bigger than this three-room apartment. And it was very easy to forget that this summer. Yeah. Did you find that it's affected your show? Like, all these experiences with, with COVID, have you rewritten your show or has it... Uh... I'll tell you. I'm in the process of rewriting it, actually. Right. So, what, in, yeah. so what was going on before and what are you changing? Um, the show initially was kind of... Even though it's not explicitly about this, it was... Uh, the the whole like I think spiders are following me and I'm trying to work out why that is. That's the show. Yeah. But it was happening at the time <laughs> that I was, like, having a period of... Let it like let it be said. Horrendous mental ill health, right. like so unwell, and the breakdown of a relationship that was really unhealthy. Right. And I don't want to like get into legal trouble by saying anything worse about it okay. than that. But For sure. it was a really yeah. and the show isn't about that. About that, like it's never. I never am explicit about that, but it's about trying to work out what's real and what's not and and the kind of the way that we all kind of gaslight ourselves but you know right. for, for anyone you know wondering about it it's not like it's not about an, oh, an abusive relationship it's kind of right. it is but it's it's never explicit right um, and so that was the context in which which the show was written and then uh, yeah, and now the world is uh, my world is, is is very different. Like I'm I'm quite a distance away from that time. Doing a lot better mental health wise, um, and uh, which maybe tells you something about how bad things were before. Right. Um, that like three weeks of isolation, and I'm still doing better than how I was at the time that I conceived of that show. Right. Um, and yeah, and I guess what would be what would, what would be the feature of the time at the moment? Yeah, it's sort of a listlessness and a search for purpose. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to me about how that how, comes out in the show. How do you gaslight yourself? Um, you know how we've been talking about what's, uh, you know, we're talking about superstition. Yeah. I think we have an infinite capacity and it was kind of a theme in zealot as well in the last show um infinite capacity for um magical thinking yep and superstition um and the whole time that i thought that spiders were following me i was i was sort of looking for a reason why it was like this contest every day between um conceiving of the universe as a chaotic place where spiders couldn't possibly be following me yeah um and then wondering if that was the case and then if that you know if it was happening in an organized way then what might that be either from within my mind or or outside of me right um and of course i didn't sit and wonder these things in a literal way because you know i was you know i'm a reasonable person and i was like holding down a job that is you know principally concerned with reason it was a job in journalism and in like making sense of the world and so it was kind of this weird uh, dualism where during 
during the day I would be, you know, Madam Reason and then kind of privately and at home um, be, be sort of preoccupied with this superstition that something yeah some, this kind of Miss Clavel like something is not right this this is like a warning and in the end I sort of conceived of it and I still kind of do in a mythological way as a like I was being told to leave that relationship right okay yeah interesting well hang on is that gaslighting um because that's you that's reason isn't it like isn't gaslighting that's not reason at all spiders weren't telling me to leave my relationship but they weren't gaslighting you no they were gaslighting me i was gaslighting myself i was kind of you're not sure um you're not sure what's true and then you and then well let me start again so you feel as if you you need there's a message that you think it would be reasonable for you to get right and you wonder if this is the source of the message yeah and then you continually kind of uh, it's really hard to put into words it, it, it's like so you, you believe you're getting a message from a certain aspect of your life and therefore you keep seeing the message because you've told yourself that is that what what you mean what do i mean i think i think what i'm Oh, sorry, this is really difficult territory. No, no, no. Um, it's, uh, so, so hang on. Can I can I throw something please. at you, and then maybe it will be similar or it'll be completely off base. Mm. But um, so when you were talking about gaslighting yourself, I know that I, the reason I asked that is because I reckon I do that to myself as well in yeah. all sorts of myriad ways. Yeah. And mine will often be a confluence of events. So as you can see, I have not had a haircut in seven or eight months. And it's <laughs> like, I'm borderline, like, what the fuck happened? I'm trying to look like Guy Pierce and the mayor of Town, <laughs> but I don't have his cheekbones to pull it off. So uh, anyway, I caught myself in the mirror. I looked and went, oh, who is that old guy trying to look young? Oh, no, it's me. (laughs) And then later on, I was reading a science article that said, uh, according to the way the universe is expanding and the way that dark matter is taking over the universe, we're in the last sixth of whatever this universe is going to be before it it tears itself apart. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that and went, well, you look like shit. You turned 50 in September and we're in the last six of the universe. So what's the fucking point? You probably only got a few years left to live anyway. <laughs> and then stayed awake till three in the morning. Yeah. So that's how I gaslight myself with weird ass trips that, you know, all it takes is a glimpse of yourself in a mirror and then it's like, take a step here, take a step here and then all the way down the slippery dip to the bottom. Yeah. I think there's something, there's something quite... Yeah, dark at the heart of it, really, which is that um, I I thought that spiders were following me and that was something that I wasn't really sure about. So initially, there's your first layer of doubt. You're like, I think this is happening, but I'm going to tell myself that I'm crazy. But it does seem to be happening, but it couldn't possibly be happening. But it's obviously happening. And then, you know, inevitably you kind of go, oh, well, the fault is with me. Right. Um, like I'm, I'm having a... a a problem of perception here. Yeah. I must be crazy on some level, but you hold both like in a quant- almost a quantum uh, way. You hold yeah. both realities in your head as plausible because yeah. you can't work out which is true. Yeah. So you hold in the one hand and the other hand concurrently. I'm not being followed by spiders. I am being followed by spiders. Yes. And then in this multiple choice, choose your own adventure reality that you're building for yourself as you go. Yeah. Whilst concurrently holding those two, you also then start to hold another fork that springs from 
I'm being followed by spiders, which right. is why am I being followed by spiders? Right. And then you start thinking about all the reasons that you might be being followed by spiders all the while saying to yourself, but of course I'm not being followed by spiders. That's the caveat at the beginning yes. of every sentence. But then you go, sure, but if I were being followed by spiders, <laughs> right, right. why might that be happening? And yep. how might that be happening? And how might I respond to it? Is it that they want revenge because of all the ones that I killed before? Maybe I'll stop killing them. And uh, sure, that will mean more spiders are following me by definition because I'm wiping less of them out as I right. go. Uh, but the ones that are following me will be less vengeful because I will have let more of their relatives live. Right. And so let's try that as an approach for a while. I seem to still be being followed by spiders. I'm sure it's just a coincidence or I'm just noticing more of them. And then you kind of like often another fork, which is like, oh, well, um, maybe they're not following me more, but maybe I'm just noticing them more. Uh, in which case, you're back to like scenario, uh, let's call it uh, A or 1A, one, one yep. scenario 1A, which is like you're crazy. Yeah. Um, and uh, where was I? I'm getting lost in my own tree. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I might just be noticing them more. So the yep. problem is, and so you can kind of see, and then you're like, but you're telling yourself you're wrong at every turn, all the while having this experience, yep. which is quite real, which is, ah. Oh, I found a spider in the fridge today. There was a spider in my car. Was it a spider in the ocean? There is a spider in my shoe. Right. There's two spiders there now. Like, it's just... (laughs) Right. And that went on for a solid six months. Oh, my Lord. That is tiring. Yes. Because it's not like they're the only thoughts going on. Yeah. There's other thoughts as well. Oh, yeah. You're still going to work and stuff and being like, I guess I'll get another tattoo and, you know. (laughs) Yeah, right. still going, what am I going to have for dinner? So... So you've pulled yourself out of this? I pulled myself out. I I was sharing a house uh, with my then partner at the time, which was located in a very spidery backyard. So right. I wasn't crazy, uh, but it was a matter of how you saw the spiders. Right. And uh, I literally... Uh, pulled myself out of it in that I like l- l- moved out of that house yep. and at the same time left that partner. Right. Uh, and so any spiders that I saw after that point, I either didn't notice or when yep. I saw them, they didn't seem to conform to um, a, a grander pattern because there was this awful, uh, this other awful uh, problem happening in my life. Right. That, um, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And so, and so. Th- how has that affected the show then? Because if you you were discussing more of the spider thing in the first iteration of the show, it's so interesting because when I first came on um, this po- the podcast with you yeah. and sort of said spiders are following me, yeah, I that was during the time that it was happening, right? And it, and I really honestly believed that to be the the case then, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of doing it as a bit, but also I really did think that spiders were following me, right? But I knew that it sounded crazy, so I thought that thought that was funny, so I thought right. I'd say that, and that's when I registered that show, and then kind of got to the end of the year, I was like, oh, I got to write this show. Yeah. Um, and tried every which way I could to make it about something other than like me being crazy and getting out of a, um, a, an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. And uh, and I tried and I tried and I, I couldn't. And so I just had to, in the end, write that show. And the, the show kind of asserted itself. The truth of the thing asserted yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, it's a purge, isn't it? Like yeah. sometimes writing a show, especially when, you know, the... the uh, a great bit of writing advice is to you know what are what are your problems write about your problems and work your way through your problems and sometimes that can be a really healthy thing to do mm. and sometimes that can kind of 
ingrain the problem as well so you have to be kind of careful with how you explore things especially you know the thing that people don't take into account is i say this to you know someone will want to tell a story about you know one of their parents dying or Mm. uh something terrible happening to a friend or something mm. like that or a terrible time in their lives and you always say to the uh, the, the comedian D- don't think about this show on opening night and closing night you need to think about this in the middle of a festival when everyone's tired when you probably have your smallest audience when everyone's feeling a bit shit mm. do you want to talk about it then exactly because if you want to talk about it then you're going to be okay and you've got to make your show yeah you've got to make it robust enough that it can survive the yeah. middle Wednesday of a festival. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, I also was really wary of doing this show. And I and I managed to make, as I say, I managed to, and this is not just like me frantically sort of worried that people will freak out. Although, you know, there is that too. I don't want to scare <laughs> people off. But like, um, I really was quite firm on not wanting it to be, you know, a show about capital M, capital I, mental illness, or, yeah. you know, capitalized abusive relationships or anything like that because i'm not like gadsby it's not my 11th year you know it's my third year and i really firmly believe that it takes a very deft touch to um the more directly you want to deal with some really difficult subject matter yeah you have to be so careful with that and it takes a a very experienced hand i think and you also need a bit of time with it and this is pretty fresh for me and i'm aware of that so i wanted to do it without doing it and I think I've managed to find a way to do that to sort of explore that kind of experience and to like literally spend an hour submerging people in I think a pretty fun way yeah. like a uh, like deranged like what's real what's not like the lived experience of kind of going uh, going through that in yeah. a way that I think a lot of people can relate to because we all kind of reach for superstition and and get a bit lost, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, people, you know, I, I know that I do anyway. You start reading your star sign more. Oh. A lot of people read their star signs more when things are really off Absolutely. Key. Yeah, just for, to get any, like, even if you don't believe in star signs. Exactly. You might read something that... Oh, you know what? That's actually good advice. Yeah, you latch on, and you, and that's where the magical thinking comes into it. This kind of capacity for magical realism that we we have, whether or not we're religious, whether or not we think we do. Yeah, we we seek to impose order on a chaotic universe. The more troubled we are, that you know tends to correlate. Yeah, and so I think that's the part that you know people can relate to. So it's about that without kind of. Yeah, going and, into the and there's all types the, of the, the 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 nuts and bolts, the cut yeah. and thrust of it being you know truly awful. A friend of mine who, you know, has a big house and a wife and lovely child, and you know is doing financially very well, uh, hit a point where his magical thinking he he confessed to me that for the last few months he's been buying three lotto tickets a week. <laughs> And that's exactly his magical three. thinking. Every time, exactly three. three. Uh, yeah. Tuesday, what did he say? Monday, something like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, something yeah. like that. I guess they're the big ones. And, yeah. and that's, um, he just, like, he didn't even quite clock that he was doing it. Yes, yeah. It was just sort of like something happened. He was like, oh, God, lotto, <laughs> lotto. And then he was like four, like four or five months into it, and he was like, what? I, I've never bought lotto in my life you never start out from a reason point of view you never kind of go i will do this because i believe that you know like in uh uh in, in burma there's this concept called yadia right which right. is because they're a very su- they're a, a very superstitious 
quarters within that culture. And yeah. there's a concept called yaria, which is, I hope I'm getting this right, um, but this is how it was told to me by Burmese people when I was there for the election in, in 2013. Yeah. Um, uh, the changing of future, the changing of present deeds to avert future... Uh, events, right? Basically, future harm, um, and that I was told at the time is why Burma has all these, uh, or Myanmar has um, all these cars that are designed to drive on the left side of the road because right. they were a British colony. Yep. Um, but they're all driving on the right side of the road, which if you think about it, right. is really very unsafe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and how bizarre. all the signs face uh, as if you're supposed to be driving on the left-hand side of the road, but everyone drives on the right-hand side of the road. Right. And that was because some years ago, decades, I believe, um, the, the there was some yardia done, like the, yep. the, the, under the principles of yardia, yep. um, the, the government changed the policy overnight. Right. From that, you should all switch over and start driving on the other side of the road. But you know, the, Myanmar's not a place where you're getting big shipments of new cars all the time, and people are, you know, the secondhand car market is pretty, you know, pretty much the only car market. Yeah. And there wasn't, it wasn't a really, you know, there wasn't an abundance of public funds to go turning all the signs around, I guess. So you've got this like hodgepodge signs facing in different directions, and all the cars driving on the other side of the road. That's like, state level magical thinking right that's like that's but it, that's not how it starts out. right right <laughs> that's right. like where it could end up yeah but it's not like i don't think you know Myanmar wrote that into a law right you know what i mean like they didn't write the pra- like we we believe in yada yada and it, into like that's not in the constitution yeah but you just end up doing it without yeah, really knowing why. Yeah, this and then is, this all of a sudden, is, and then if someone asks you, it's only when someone asks you, "Why did you do that?" And you're like, "Oh, well, because, you know, to to avoid this other much more terrible thing happening in three years, you know, or like, oh, I just I just did it, and yeah, and you, so, yeah. And, and suddenly it's this thing that is just a part Ritual. of you, yeah. yeah, and that's what it's become for my friend. He's just doing lotto, so that's his magical thinking. Well, my numbers are going to come up. Yeah, well, the magical thinking's really dialed down for me um so i think maybe maybe because i've like had to write about it in the show and all of a sudden i'm like you know i'm regarding it coolly from a distance yeah and so i'm temporarily partially inoculated against some some kinds of magical thinking yeah and so I, yeah. It'll be interesting to see when it uh, seeps back in. But Probably around showtime. Yeah, Because yeah. everyone, all the performers get really superstitious <laughs> around showtime. And you get these stupid rituals that you do every day before the show. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, because, because I had a really good show on Tuesday and that's yeah. because of these socks. Yeah. I listened to back when I did the... Um, the shows in 2007, the Three Colours Hamo shows, I listened to the same playlist uh, half an hour before I had to go into my room yes. every night. Songs are a big one. What was on the playlist? Uh, the main one, it was a... Uh, so each of those shows was themed musically, so I didn't want to... So, so it was... Uh, first one was uh, the Beatles, then it was the Beach Boys, and then it was Bowie. And so I kind of was 
flitting around that, but the main song that I kept coming back to was George Harrison's song that he wrote for John Lennon after he'd been murdered. Mm. Uh, and so I was uh, listening to that one over and over again. And it was, I don't know, it was just, I can hear uh, Billy Preston's organ, I can hear his mm. vocal. And I, I can, was still working with Billy Preston at that point. The, oh, for this one he was, yeah. yeah. So I can kind of still picture where I was yeah. sitting and uh, where I would go and just kind of sit there and just listen to that. And that was part of my ritual yeah, for, yeah. That, uh, for that run. Hmm. Funny. Festival yeah. rituals. Festival rituals, um, that's a whole other podcast. We'll have to uh, finish up. Uh, so two things before you go. One is where can people get tickets for Newcastle, Adelaide and Melbourne? Yes. So um, the tickets for Newcastle are up on the brand new Comedy Club's website. So Newcastle Comedy Club. Um, you can also find it via my socials. That's February 4, so quite soon. Yep. Um, and then Adelaide, Adelaide Fringe, the website's live now. Um, that's happening at Gluttony um, in February. And yep. I can't remember the dates because I have too many dates. Too many dates. Um, but it's in February. It's in February. You can find it on the website, Adelaide Fringe. There's only one of it. And also, of course, uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. I'll be performing at Butterfly Club. Great. So you can find tickets on the Butterfly Club website or, of course, the festival website too. Finally getting back to the Butterfly Club. Yes. Because uh, you were meant to be there last year, weren't oh, you? Oh, I think I've cancelled like three seasons. Three seasons, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I feel like every time we catch lucky up. Lucky four. Yeah, yeah. Promise, <laughs> keep promising this to come to the Butterfly happen. Club. Yeah, no, I, this, this one's happening. And uh, what do you think of Licorice Pizza? Oh, I loved it. Um, yeah. I, I know this is not a typical kind of takeout from a Paul Thomas Anderson film, um, but it felt, because it's so stylized, right? Yeah. But it felt more like life. Yep. than any other film that I've seen recently. Yes. Because it didn't fix its focus, its gaze on any one thing. It just sort of moved from thing to thing to thing to thing and things just happened to yes. these people. Um, and they were flawed, but it didn't, like, you, you often feel like you're having your hand held and you're sort of guided through a film with, like, a, a very specific window and it's all very curated and it just happens. You felt like another observer in this film. Yes. And you were just, want, you just were another person who happened to be at scene and scene. And you're like, oh my God, this is what life is like. Things just happen and then the next thing happens and the next thing happens. And by the end of the film, you're like, wait, what was the waterbed business? Like, right. you know, what, did that happen? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I, that was my... That was my kind of key impression. It's uh, I, I've discussed this before, but it feels like uh, watching someone remember a very important time in their life. Yes, yeah. Uh, how old? So I'm really curious about this because uh, I've heard a few people talk about it, and nobody seems to agree with uh, with this. But how old do you reckon Alana's character was? Well, she says. I'm 25. She also says she's 28. But she corrects that instantly. Right. But she also pauses the first time she says she's 25. And that makes... like So anyway, the reason I bring yeah. that up is because it's interesting. <laughs> I read one of the best reviews of it, which was awful. But this guy <laughs> was just... You know, it turns up in your algorithm. And normally I don't read these things. But yeah. I read the first... I read the heading and I went, what? And then I read the review and it was... He was disgusted. This is encouraging, uh, you know... Child molestation. Child molestation yeah, right. and all of this kind of stuff. And talked about how she was awful and the most unlikable person. It didn't make any sense that this kid would even be into her. And blah, 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 blah. And I got to the end <laughs> I was like, God, I'm dying to know more about this 
reviewer and then I read and you know this reviewer liked things my favourite TV shows The Witcher love the MCU think Snyder Cut's fantastic it's like why the fuck are you reviewing this movie and then I read some comments underneath and people were getting stuck into him and I was like why are you getting stuck into him who gives a shit but anyway um, what I so one of the things that I wonder about the film is I wonder if she's that much older because she's the youngest of three and she's still living at home and I wonder because I because mm. I get this what I loved about her character was uh, and I felt this was very relatable was this longing to be somewhere else mm. and this longing to not be trapped in the life that she could potentially be trapped in and mm. you, you know you see it from the start when she's she's panic stricken oh yeah and I kind of wonder if like I know, I know she's older but I kind of wonder if she's actually 20 yeah that's interesting 21. it could actually be really it, it yeah it is they I think they want you to have the impression that she like if you were to, supposed to bet yeah. that she's 25 but there's a like a definite ambiguity there cuz you just stop trusting her yeah. in general she's an unreliable narrator of yeah. her own life they yeah. both are they're yeah. both like little hustlers and little liars yeah um and that's fantastic but not in a sinister way like it's all quite innocent and childlike no it's 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 trying to survive yeah yeah it's trying to survive and on the age thing and you know the kind of you know question of the ethics of that age gap you because obviously that comes up for you immediately in the film you're like oh that's a big age gap um i wonder but then the next thing you observe almost immediately is how fickle the power play is between them yes and it's and the at any given scene the power could be located um within you know with either party yeah and the laws that govern where that power is located are also very hard to discern but it's mesmerizing to watch yes. that power move around between those two people and and as soon as bad things happen that power play dissipates and you know that they just like each other because i always go, go to back. help each other yeah. you know there's uh, that beautiful supercut of the the running at the end yeah, see, running I, towards. Loved, I love that as well and my friend said oh that was a bit over the top and i was like oh, sometimes <laughs> i feel like when you get to the end you deserve a reward yeah. And that was a rewarding scene. Also, you know, it's a, that's a lot of stuff to remember. Like I said, it's a yeah. lot. I, I need a little I need a little help. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm fascinated by and uh, the, the, mainly the reason I wanted to ask you about the film is that uh, there's a lot of uh, criticism of the man who owns the Mikado and the way he speaks to his two Japanese wives. Right, of course. And it's fascinating because... The pushback I've seen is that it's a, both scenes are racist and... Uh, no, the character is racist and that's different from the scene being racist. Oh, no, no, no. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, but that, no, no, but that's you, what I was about yeah. to say. That's what... Yeah. So when I laughed when I saw that happen, I was laughing at him for being awful. And also, like when I was growing up, I knew people like that. Like, I, you know, I knew older people that taught like that, you know. Right, and just as a thought exercise as well. I mean, uh, you know, there have been films that depict an era in history and leave out the, whether it's sexism or racism. Right. Um, and those films are criticised because they, you know, are are erasing the, that really important experience and right. this ugly part of history. They're like whitewashing it or whatever the right. case may be. And so you could just as easily make that case. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm reading uh, Milan Kundera at the yep. moment because I've never 
I've never read him before. Yeah. Uh, the, the the laughter book of laughter and forgetting. Right. And um and he's kind of renowned as like a uh, renowned. I mean, misogyny, sexism. It's sort of they're they're easy terms to apply, and you know it's often a lot more nuanced than that. And he was a man of his time. Yeah. But the way that he depicts women is often it's you know he really objectifies women. It's all very male gazy. The book. That's right. like some of the sort of feminist critique that's been made of Milan Kundera. And I was aware of that before I'd read his books, and I started reading him um, just in the last few days. And it's true, but you don't. Yeah, I don't know, and and that's a, that that's a, that's by contrast yeah. that the book doesn't stand in condemnation of the character who is being sleazy. Right, it's just depicting someone who happens to be like that, and it's the point is not that they are sleazy or sexist; they just also happen to be, and that's kind of unremarkable, and that's why his books get called, you know, sexist, right, or whatever, right, um, and sexist or whatever. Am I a shit feminist? It's so hard to know. Um, so, but, but in contrast, depends on the feminist you're talking to. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but in contrast, that film, Licorice Pizza, was very much, it stood in condemnation of the man who owned the Mikado. Well, that's like, what I thought the as joke well. Was, the joke was at his expense. Like, it wasn't, um, we, you know, we hate him. He has to die and, like, you know, he's, he doesn't get his comeuppance or anything. So it's not like a traditional morality tale. But no. he still, he was ridiculous and he was laughable. Well, and, it, it, and we were laughing at him. And it also shows you that a, a dimwit, could have a career back then and so of course to me that's why Gary sees a waterbed and thinks well you know what I can run a waterbed shop or you know Hey, pinballs are coming back. Well, I'll just turn the waterbed place into a pinball place. You I know, I understood something like often talked about in the American character that is rarely demonstrated so in such a crystal clear way, and it's like that hustler. Thing. Like yeah. that, you know, American hustler. I don't know. There are so many um, works of art that seek to portray that, but never has anything gone so like neatly to the heart of it as that yeah. film. To, like depicting this sixteen-year-old just being like, "Oh, the pinball laws just changed. I'm going to start a pinball parlor." Yeah. Oh, what? Like, what do you mean? You're a sixteen-year-old bed who owns a waterbed company and it's quite successful. Yeah. And you're like, you're selling to Barbara Streisand. What do you mean? Like, yeah. Streisand. Streisand. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> but. You kind of, you believed it and you went along with it. You're like, oh, this is the thing that people talk about in America. Yes. And it's neither admirable uh, nor evil. It's like somewhere in between. It just is. It is. Well, you know what I found fascinating is because I didn't, I was surprised by the, uh, when I first saw the movie, the discourse around those two scenes with his Japanese wife. Mm. And so I wanted to understand where people were coming from as much as possible. And so I read, you know, a few condemnations of it. But you know what was fascinating was in all of the condemnations of those scenes, no one talked about when Alana goes and meets Gary's agent and how anti-Semitic the woman is massively anti-semitic yeah no, no not one person mentioned and so it's like well i wasn't sitting in that scene going ha, 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 yeah look what she's saying suck shit alana just as i wasn't looking at that guy and going ha, ha, ha he's making fun of japanese people it was like it was yeah. a condemnation of him and it was a condem- condemnation of her but it was also saying this is what the times were like and this is why you know it kind of st- to the sense of, you know, even going to the mayor 
being incapable of, or the guy running for mayor being incapable of um, showing his real life, the the claustrophobia of that suburb and wanting to break free of it and get away from it. Yeah. That was my take anyway. And watching people succeed in spite of all those, uh, you know, watching no one get... None of the like quote baddies in yeah. in these um, you know acts of discrimination yeah. get their comeuppance, and watching the hard done by party succeed despite yeah. could on one level be read as you know uh, like the moral failure of that work of art, right? Like in a very Orwellian sense, like right. if we are holding art to that standard, but you know. It, it, that's how it was. That's how it is. And to and to see people succeed acknowledges the reality it, yeah. despite that or continue despite that. Yeah. And the bad guy not get their comeuppance reflects the reality and acknowledges yeah. what's happened. Yeah. And if you don't think that the world is still like that, uh, turn on your TV, uh, watch any AFL commentary and look at all of the players <laughs> up there. Do I have to? No, no, no. You're, you're already on top of it. But for anyone listening, like if you don't think uh, that the world is still like that, there's all these AFL commentators who have done awful things throughout the years and guess what they're doing they're commentating on the footy and still hanging out so you know they're cool yeah Yeah. all right uh great to see you uh and i'll have to so you're going to do the sydney comedy festival or that's the plan although i don't uh, at this stage nothing is confirmed but i assume i've I've never not done it right well i hope the shows go ahead i hope there's no outbreak anywhere thank you because there's nothing worse than working on a show especially something that is even though it's a comedy show and it's presented in a way that everyone can enjoy it's still a personal work and you know like I, i want you to be able to experience it and do it now because if you get put off that show like you could you can do another version of the show but it won't be it's this a time show. and a place yeah. yeah thank you I'm really I'm really excited to do it alright um, yeah I'm looking forward to uh, seeing it when uh, I can finally get to it and uh, if anyone out there is from Ireland and knows that spy, <laughs> if you kill a spider that it destroys a part of your imagination if you can confirm it for or Angela, if Hamo has been had then ha- also let us know yeah and if you're a spider and it's bullshit <laughs> uh, yeah, keep your distance mate Thank you to Ange for dropping by to touch base with me. So good to see her. I had not seen her in a long time and I just think she's fantastic. I'm putting up links for her new show. I've got 99 problems and here is an exhaustive list of them at our Big Squid Facebook page. Ange will be in Newcastle and Adelaide next month. That's February. So if you're keen to check out her show, head over to the Facebook page to find the appropriate link. A big thank you to Mark. No last name, just Mark for being our Patreon subscriber for the episode. I hope you enjoyed our chat today, Mark. Remember, if you'd like to have an episode dedicated to you and access to all the bonus work I create, head over to Patreon and look up Justin Hamilton Big Squid and you'll find a tier that is perfect for you. It has been a slow and exhausting start to the year and when I'm feeling that way, I look for inspiration wherever I can find it. And with that in mind, I found this quote from Walt Whitman that I thought might be the perfect antidote for what ails me at the moment and I hope that you get something out of it too. Walt Whitman said, Keep your face towards the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. Until then.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.